Hello out there. We are on the air. Welcome back. Happy Tuesday. December the 12th, 2023. Glad to have you here today. Welcome to 88 Sats Radio and welcome to the Bitcoin journey. Actionable and logical discussion for Bitcoiners and future Bitcoiners. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, everybody else watching live or listening later. We're on YouTube, Rumble, hopefully. Had a last minute change to the name. I don't know if it worked or not, but we are here. Good morning, Crypto Heathen. I uh, hope everybody's having a great day so far. It is a little chilly here. Uh, free tip for today. When it's chilly, if you're in Canada, especially in the prairies in December, uh, toss your toss your hoodie in the dryer right before you put her on. Nice and warm. And, of course, grab some coffee. So yesterday's show, at the end of yesterday's show, I had something to say, but I it slipped my mind. So I, it came to me later. And what I wanted to talk about or mention is that I was looking through the YouTube analytics, I guess they're called. And uh, I was pretty... I was pretty surprised to see where the majority of uh, viewers are from. I think it was 30% Canada, 30% USA, and then 30% was from South Korea. (laughs) So I don't know how that works, but uh, what I wanted to ask of you um, is that if you're listening to this either live or later, uh, just in the comments, put the flag of the country that you're from this will just kind of give me a better idea i think of who's watching and where you're from and we can kind of tailor things uh towards that a little bit more so that's my ask of you today let me know where you're from um should also give uh, (laughs) a shout out to someone who left a comment through the night um on one of the youtube videos uh it was on the how much Bitcoin should you own? And his comment or her comment uh, from IC Unplugged was, didn't it drop again? Don't do it, people. <laughs> so I guess I've only been making daily videos here for about two or three weeks now. And the price of Bitcoin has been slowly going up through that time. And I haven't been through a, a drop yet. So I... it'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of creatures show up in my comments when the price of Bitcoin's running down. And on that note as well, sorry, this, this might be a little bit longer of an episode today. We got lots to cover, but also on that note, I decided to (laughs) leave a comment on one of the shitcoin videos. I forget what it was, but it was talking about which altcoin will 20 X, which ones will 20 X. And I just left a comment saying, uh, buy Bitcoin, everything else is junk. And I got absolutely attacked from all angles of Bored Apes profile pictures, calling me a boomer, saying, have fun staying poor. (laughs) And just about, I couldn't believe it. I logged into YouTube and there was like 20 comments in there. And they were all from people who were mad at, at, Bic, at me for saying that. 
So shout out to them as well. Um, let's start with the metrics. Like I said, we got quite a bit to get through today, so I'm going to try to move fast. So currently today, December 12th, 2023, we are block height 820859. If you're transacting on the Bitcoin layer one network, you're paying about 73 sats per V-byte, which is up slightly from yesterday and pretty standard though lately. The fees for the last couple of weeks have been anywhere from 50 to 100, all the way up to 350. Morning, Rick. Good morning, Jason. Yeah, that is our line, the boomer thing. But I guess it's just young people trying to turn 100 bucks into $10,000. So, yeah, we'll just, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm going to do that again, but it was quite entertaining to do. Um, so that is the, the block height today. Let's go to metrics. I had this all figured out and then things weren't working for me the other day. So I changed a few things, but we're back. Okay. So like I said, block height 820859 now. Fees are about 73 sats per V-byte. The price of Bitcoin, when I checked this morning, was 80, 41000 not 81000 $41,849. December the 12th, 2022, the price of Bitcoin was 17210 bucks. Four years ago, on this day, the price of one Bitcoin was 7227 US dollars. And if you have one US dollar, you can get 2,382 sats. In Canada here. Price of Bitcoin, 56,903 Canadian dollars. If you have one loonie, you can get 1,756 sats. And I threw an extra one in here today. If you have one Argentina peso, one Argentina peso will get you seven sats. That is hyperinflation at its finest, almost one to one. Crazy. Um, so that's the metrics for today. The, the news in Bitcoin. We did have a big drop yesterday. Not a big drop, but a drop nonetheless. And I did want to say a couple things on it. I First of all, I wrote a, a Substack article. So last week, I signed up for a Substack account. I'm going to put the link in the description here if anybody's interested. Because I also like doing a little bit of writing. Aside from these videos... I think it's, you know, originally I did enjoy writing a lot more. I'm still getting used to this whole video thing. Uh, but I'm going to start putting some articles on there just of things that happen and we can reference back to it. Just like more up to date things, I think. And then there'll maybe be some more thought out ones. Um, but kind of what I'm looking for is a few people and maybe people watching this uh, in the chat or later uh, to subscribe. And also just to give me a little bit of feedback in terms of how the emails are coming through, how the wording is, if there's anything that I should be changing. And I'm going to be, I'm willing to pay for it too, because I don't think that anybody should just do that for free. So if you're interested, I'm going to put the link in the description. Like I said, uh, send me an email saying that you're going to, you know, give me some feedback on it. I'll send you some sats for it and we can get the Substack thing rolling. But I wrote an article yesterday about Elizabeth Warren. And, and what I think happened yesterday and kind of my thoughts on it. There's a lot of people thinking that 
they did it purposely to crash the price of Bitcoin so that BlackRock and Fidelity can buy more Bitcoin right now before the ETFs. And I don't think that's the case because I think that BlackRock has been buying Bitcoin for several years now through different associated companies. I think they've been doing it kind of without telling anybody. That's speculation, of course, but that's my opinion on it. Uh, but my my thoughts is that I think that they're going to keep doing this uh, with the with the goal and the intention of forcing everybody into the ETFs instead of holding their own Bitcoin. Because if if you own your Bitcoin through an ETF, you have counterparty risk there. They have a lot more control over what happens with it versus me or you holding our own Bitcoin, being able to do what we want with that Bitcoin and not having to tell them about what we're doing with that Bitcoin. So that's kind of my logic is they're going to keep coming out with these different things, these different regulations, trying to force people and push people into the ETFs versus holding their own Bitcoin. I think they're going to try to normalize that. Um, so that is Elizabeth Warren. One, one Another thing I did want to mention is that she also is zero. She's over. So she's introduced 305 bills into Congress and zero of them have passed. And to me, that suggests that there's a purpose there. So what would that purpose be? And if you look at Elizabeth Warren, what what these politicians do, especially in the US and Canada is not too far off of that, honestly. But they're basically just inside traders. They take all this money from people who want different laws passed or want this to do this. The point is, if you look at Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, Chuck Schumer and Elizabeth Warren, they all have about an annual salary of approximately 210,000 bucks every year, which is still way too much for what they actually do. But Nancy Pelosi's Nancy Pelosi's reported net worth is 202 million, Mitch McConnell's is 95 million, Chuck Schumer's 75 million and Elizabeth Warren 73 million. So if you just take a step back, use some math and use some logic, they're not earning their money from their salaries. They're earning money from insider trading, from their telling their friends what to do. And you could have saw this yesterday because when, when, when we did the show yesterday, the price had kind of crashed in the middle of the night. And then all of a sudden this news comes out from Elizabeth Warren introducing this bill in Congress about more intense regulation over cryptos. So somebody knew. Somebody knew that the price was about to crash because the news was coming out. And that is the definition of insider trading. So that's kind of my thoughts on Elizabeth Warren and everything that happened yesterday. These people are not good people. They do not have our interests in mind. They have their own personal agenda. And so that's what we're fighting here. So a couple comments here. First of all, good morning, Johnny. And crypto, he then says, altcoins and NFTs may have some niche use cases, but nothing compared to Bitcoin. Completely different game. Couldn't agree more. So today, I did a, like I said, I did a uh, quick audible right before the show. This was originally called Bitcoin Security Tips, but I changed it to the 10 rules of Bitcoin because nobody would watch Bitcoin security tips. Anytime people see the word security, 
they fall asleep. So I changed it in hopes of more people uh, and more eyes getting in front of this one. So let's start with these security tips. And kind of the idea here is that some of them are tips, some of them are rules, a little bit of both. And I'm going to start kind of at the bottom here and run through it. The first one will be for somebody who's just new to Bitcoin. So this is the brand new beginner buying their first amount of Bitcoin. And as we progress here, we're going to get to the bottom where you can start taking things a lot more seriously once you build up your balance of Bitcoin. So the first rule, the first rule of Bitcoin is to only invest as much as you know. So regardless of how much money you have, um, this is kind of separate from like an ETF. If you, you know, if you have millions of dollars, you want some ex exposure to Bitcoin. This doesn't really apply to you. This is for people who are actually looking to buy Bitcoin and store it themselves. So only invest as much as you know. Ask yourself the question out of 100, one to 100, what would be my Bitcoin knowledge overall? And that's how much you should allocate into your portfolio of actual Bitcoin. So for me, I mean, I've been in Bitcoin for about four years now, hours and hours a day. I still probably would consider myself to be 50 out of 100, 60 out of 100. There's so much to know in Bitcoin. Um, but I do feel comfortable enough that I can hold that much of my portfolio. Not that I do, but I could. And so that's the first rule. Invest as much as you know. Number two, get your Bitcoin off of the exchanges today. And I'm sure that most people are watching this already have done that. But lots of people register on an exchange. They put 200 bucks, 500 bucks. They buy Bitcoin. They think that that's the Bitcoin. That They think that's the end of the road. But in reality, they do not own that Bitcoin until they actually move it off of the exchanges into their own wallet. So that's number two. Get it off the exchanges today. Number three, use a trusted wallet on a trusted device. And what I would recommend here is look for a Bitcoin only wallet. And there's several reasons for that. Obviously, companies who are focused on Bitcoin, I think are, you know, have the same values aligned for one. But the second part is that if you look at a wallet, like say Atomic, which we've seen have issues in the last couple months, but they're holding pretty much every different crypto that's available out there. So they have Bitcoin, but they also have Doge, they have Ethereum, they have Cardano, they have everyone that you can think of within that wallet. And the problem that I see with that is that if something happened to the, say Elizabeth Warren, one of her bills passed, and they started going after these wallets that hold all these cryptos, you could be affected by that. But we know that Bitcoin is not going to be a security. It's probably going to be exempt from a lot of these laws. And so just stick to wallets that are Bitcoin only. If you have other cryptos, set up a different wallet for that. Don't hold your Bitcoin with your cryptos. Don't mix them. And in terms of a trusted device, a couple things to watch for. Uh, for a phone, I mean, I would say that phones are actually more secure than a laptop. Just from my understanding of it, but watch out for like SIM swaps. So what people will do there is they'll call your phone company. They'll say your number. They'll say your name. They'll say that you lost your phone. 
So they'll get a new SIM card. They'll get access to all of your wallets, all of your applications without you even really knowing about it. So the, the thing to do there, what I would suggest is call your phone provider, your phone company, and just ask them to set up a private or like a password. So I have a, a pin code on mine where if I call them, they won't answer any questions or they won't make any changes unless I provide my pin code. So this is pretty rare. The SIM swaps are pretty rare. They were kind of more popular until people figured it out and how to stop it. But it is something that could happen. Uh, and with a laptop, you, you have to consider where your laptop has been in terms of websites and, and tracking on you. So they can track your keystrokes. They can track where you've been. They can, they can get access to your laptop without you even knowing about it. And that's a problem. So make sure that if you are putting all of your trust into, say, a Sparrow wallet on your laptop, make sure that your laptop's clean. That might be going out and buying a brand new laptop specifically for Bitcoin. I don't recommend it. I think there's much more cost-efficient ways to do it. But that is something to consider. And if you do have an old laptop that you're holding the majority of your wealth on, consider getting a different device and moving it all onto that new device. So use a trusted wallet on a trusted device. Number four, keep your private key offline. Pen and paper, never ever put it on a laptop, a Word document, your phone, Evernote, email, your private key should never touch anything digital under any circumstances. Always on pen and paper. That's it. Yes. And this is a great point by Rick. He said, you can also get a cheap phone with no SIM card, but can access Wi-Fi and leave the Wi-Fi off until you need it. That is something that I've actually started doing and I might do a show on it in the future, but I never trade in my phones. So I have two or three phones lying around the house that are not, they don't have a SIM card in them. I just connect to the Wi-Fi, And I have a few different things set up on there, including ways to earn free sats. You can, that's a whole nother conversation. We won't go there right now, but that is a good idea, Rick. Uh, if you have any old phones in your house without a SIM card in it, you can just connect to the Wi-Fi and only use as needed. So that is number four, keep your private key offline, pen and paper only. Number five, know exactly where that private key is at all times. So don't write it down in the back of a notepad. Don't try to get too fancy with it. Also, don't leave it on a paper that's just kind of hanging around your desk because you know what happens to those papers. So what I would suggest here is, like I said, put it on pen and paper, but put it on like a, a piece of cardboard or like a fancy letterhead or something like that that you know what it is, you know exactly where it is, because when you're actually going to need this private key, it's going to be in a very stressful environment. Whether you just don't know where it is and you're going to have a whole bunch of thoughts in your head or something, your house is on fire and you have to grab it and take it. Whatever that may be, whenever you're going to absolutely need your private key to access your Bitcoin, it is going to be a stressful environment. So know where it is, know it like the back of your hand, and just rehearse it a couple times. When you're first getting into Bitcoin, I would strongly suggest running through it every couple, once every couple of weeks, right off the bat. So just go to your private key, look at it, make sure it's there, know where it is. Obviously, keep it in like a safe or something. 
But that's what I would suggest because I've already seen in my short time in Bitcoin, people lose their private keys just because they got too willy nilly with it. And there, there would not be a worse feeling than you losing your Bitcoin, not somebody stealing it, but you losing your own Bitcoin. Number six, if you are getting a device such as a Trezor, Ledger, cold card, which is what I would suggest, make sure you get it from the manufacturer. Do not go on to Marketplace. Do not go on to eBay, not even Amazon. Any device that you're storing your Bitcoin on, make sure you get it directly from the source, directly from the manufacturer. And good devices such as the cold card will have security checks in place to ensure you that nobody has tampered with that device between the manufacturer and you. Because if you think about it, if you think about the journey of a device, it goes from production, the manufacturer, to the post office, to customs, to your post office. There's lots of touch points in between there. And there is the ability for somebody to get into that device and either install something or tamper with it. So get it from the manufacturer and do some research on it because cold card does have a three-way security check to make sure that nobody has tampered with that device before you put any Bitcoin onto it. Number seven, and this is more of a rule, <laughs> but don't, don't ever tell anybody how much Bitcoin you own. There's no benefit from it for one. And it's only going to cause potential issues in the future. And when I say don't tell anyone how much Bitcoin you own, I mean, don't tell a single person on earth how much Bitcoin you own. Not your brother, not your parents, not your son, not your daughter. Don't tell anybody. There's zero benefit from it and there's huge liability to it. And just from my personal experience with this, when, when I was growing up, my dad worked in the bank, which is kind of funny that I'm talking to uh, people about Bitcoin now. And he owns some Bitcoin himself. Obviously, I'm not going to say how much. <laughs> but uh, I remember as a kid, he never even told me how much money that he made. He didn't tell me his salary. Because what what's the point of that? What's the point of telling people your financial information? But Bitcoin is kind of a different beast in, in that terms, uh, because as we move along here, and if you're kind of under the assumption that Bitcoin is going to go up and up and up, you're only going to hurt yourself by telling people how much Bitcoin you have. Uh, good morning to BitTrio. They said, nice seeing all these Bitcoin channels popping up. Seems like a lot of people are figuring it out. Yes. And that is the point. Just quickly on that, while, while, we, while we have this comment up. Um, the reason this Bitcoin channel started, and especially the daily videos, is because I watched people. I had about three or four phone calls in a matter of two weeks of people who got scammed and lost tens of thousands of their hard-earned money to scammers and criminals on the internet. And so I just wanted to make a, a priority and do everything that I could to limit that amount of, of uh, happening. So that's kind of the idea here is that I'm not a Bitcoin expert. I've been in Bitcoin for two cycles now. And I think that there are going to be a lot of people coming on the internet, coming onto YouTube, searching Bitcoin. And instead of them seeing, you know, altcoins, 
um, people who don't have their best, best interests in mind. And also just to keep this stuff top of mind, because even for people who have been in Bitcoin for a while, just hearing these things um, is a good refresher, I think, for a lot of people. So that's kind of the idea here. It is no one's business. There's zero benefit from telling anybody how much Bitcoin you have. There's only liability there. And that is the number one rule in Fight Club is never talk about Fight Club. Exactly. So number eight is that two is one and one is none. Which means if you have your private key on one single piece of paper and somebody gets a hold of it or somebody breaks into your house or you just lose it, then you have none. So two is one, one is none. Always have a backup of everything that's important to you. And what I would suggest here is put your, your private key on a piece of paper, like I said, something with meaning. It could be a piece of cardboard. It could be a fancy uh, letterhead. Put it on there, but also get one of these. I don't have my private key on this one, so you're not going to get much from it. But this is a seed plate. And it has up to 24 words. It comes with a steel punch. You can punch your words into this steel plate. And if something were to happen to that piece of paper that you had your private key on, whether that's a fire or where you just lose it, you're going to have this. And there's not going to be any fire. I mean, I shouldn't say that, but you're pretty safe with this. So two is one and one is none. Always keep a backup and make sure that that backup is on something that's going to hold uh, through any sort of emergency. And you can grab one of those at CoinKite. Maybe I'll put a link in the description below for that. I do have a referral link for a cold card, but I don't think it's anything of importance. And that's not the point here. The point is you need to be keeping your Bitcoin safe. Uh, number nine is keep a copy of this for your family. And like I said, we started at the, the very beginning here for people who are just getting into Bitcoin. We're moving along here. These are more, these are for more advanced Bitcoin holders with a bigger balance. Um, and so number nine is keep a copy for your family. I, when you're at this stage, you're going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, you're going to be tempted to <laughs> want to memorize your private key. And I've been there before. I didn't memorize it and then throw it away. I just wanted to memorize it. But that's a horrible idea because anything could happen to you. You could get a you could get in a car accident and lose your memory. Anything could happen. So keep a copy for your family because the odds of you dying eventually in life are much higher than a, a forceful break in and somebody getting access to your Bitcoin. And if something happened to you and your private keys were in your head, that Bitcoin is gone forever. Your kids, your grandkids, your future grandkids will never have access to that Bitcoin because you were too stubborn to write it down and keep a copy of it for them. And there are there are services, and I'm sure as we move along here, we're still very early in this whole Bitcoin world, uh, but I'm sure the services will pop up with lawyers, with banks, uh, Unchained Capital is one in the US that they actually hold one of your private keys for you. So consider that. And, you know, as you move forward, as you get older, start putting some plans in place for how you're going to pass this Bitcoin on to your, your family, because it is generational wealth. This is a very small opportunity. We're very lucky to be here 
at this time. And so don't screw it up. <laughs> and the last one here, this, like I said, this is for more advanced users. Do not try this when you're first getting into Bitcoin, but set up a decoy wallet. And that sounds crazy, I'm sure, but you can do that with a cold card. And you can do that through, it's called a passphrase. So what you're going to do there is you're going to have a 24 word private key. This is the process of it. So you're going to get a cold card. You're going to write down, or you're going to punch your 24 words into one of these guys. It has to be 20, 24 words. It can't be 12. You're going to have that wallet. You're going to move, say, two, two or 5% of your Bitcoin into that wallet. From there, you're going to set up a, a passphrase. So what that is, it's, it's essentially the 25th word. So that's going to be a brand new separate wallet from your cold card wallet. And that's where you're going to keep the majority of your Bitcoin. So with that, let's just run through a quick scenario here. Say somebody broke into your house or they got access to your cold card. They open it up. They see a balance in there. They think that they have won. They think that they have your Bitcoin. But that is a decoy. And what you're going to do then is you can log into that same uh, 24 words, but you put a passphrase in there and that unlocks the rest of your Bitcoin. So that is the most secure way of doing it outside of like a multi-signature with different devices at different locations. The decoy, the passphrase, that is the top of the security. And that's what I would strive for over time here. <clears throat> okay, we got uh, something in the chat here. Do you know how, Do you know much about 12 versus 24? How secure checks them? It's a lot easier to memorize 12 and a pass. Yes, exactly. A passphrase can be your insurance against someone finding your key. So even if someone has access to your private key, they don't have access to your full wallet without that passphrase. And it is much easier to memorize one word compared to 12 words and especially 24 words. So that's what I would suggest. I want to flip this around because it's a pretty nice, uh, pretty nice view here this morning. Looks better in person, but you get the idea. Hey, good morning. Good morning to everybody live later and, um, and on the podcast too. So that's it. That is the 12 rules of Bitcoin. I'm sure this will evolve. I'll probably do this again in a month or two, just because it is so important to keep this stuff top of mind. Uh, but this is what the cold card looks like as well. I didn't have it last time we were on here. So that's what it looks like. Pretty cool device. It has a, a little thing that says shoot these in case of emergency. You can destroy the wallet. I don't know what happens to your Bitcoin if you shoot it. <laughs> but um, it's still funny nonetheless that there's a little spot that you can shoot to destroy it. So that's the cold card. That's the seed plate. That is what I highly recommend over any other device including Ledger, Trezor, and anything else. Seed Center, I think, is a pretty good one as well. I've never used it, but the cold card is perfect, and it allows you to set up a decoy wallet using the passphrase.
So I think that's it. We're going to leave it there for today. Pretty good timing, actually. Um, like I said, so just to kind of wrap things up here a little bit. Um, if you're, if you got any sort of value from this, if you have friends, if you have family who are getting into Bitcoin, consider sharing this video with them. If you think it's valuable and instead of having to sit there with them for an hour or two, and the reality is that friends and family seem to trust people on the computer, on their TVs more than you. I don't know what that is. I don't know why it is, but that's the reality. So if you need somebody, if you need some sort of resource to send to them, share this video because it, I did want to keep it somewhat quick. Nobody's going to watch an hour and a half long video, especially when they're just learning. Um, and I wanted to go through step-by-step step kind of as you're getting going to the highest um, the highest level of Bitcoiners out there. So even if it's not somebody who's just getting into Bitcoin, if you have a friend who's still using a ledger, consider sending them this video. And I'm, so I'm going to put the link to my Substack. Like I said, I'm looking for a couple people to kind of give me some feedback on how they're seeing it on their end. And if there's any changes I should make, I'm going to pay out some sats for doing that. So if you're interested, subscribe, send me an email to 88sats at proton.me and we can work together on that. I think that's important because at the end of the day, it is people on the other end of it reading it. And that's the opinion that I should be worried about. Um, okay, what do we got here? Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I was saying here. If your family and friends aren't listening to you, you have to have resources like this. And I'm not saying that, you know, they should, they should trust, they should trust me, but they should watch it. They should take in the information and they should verify it themselves. Don't take anything that I say as gospel. Always verify it yourself. Don't let friends and found friends. Don't let friends store crypto on keychains. Exactly. Um, so that's kind of the idea here. Uh, if you're, like I said, I'm going to put the Substack below. I'm going to put a few links to the cold card and the seed plate. If that is something of interest to you, if you need help getting it set up, I can help you with that as well. I do have different options available for anybody watching or friends, family that you have uh, half an hour, hour, whatever you need, whether that's setting up a cold card or transferring Bitcoin and you just want to have somebody there to walk you through it. Uh, that's kind of what I'm doing. So that is that. Like I said, once again, in the comments, leave a quick flag as we're getting out of here today. If you want to, nice and easy, put a flag of what country that you're from, just so I have an, a better idea, a better understanding of who's watching these videos. And I think that'll help me tailor things a little bit better. Instead of, for example, instead of focusing on mostly Canadian stuff, if the majority of viewers are from America, uh, the information will be, you know, I'll tailor it towards that. So that's that. Have a great Tuesday, the best Tuesday of your life. Thanks for watching. Thanks for sharing and subscribing. And uh, make sure to hit the like button on the way out. I appreciate it. We'll see you first thing Wednesday, tomorrow morning. And we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.